Welcome to Building Great Sales Teams, a show dedicated to making sales teams tick, tick, boom. I didn't have a playbook starting out. I had to learn everything the hard way. The good news is you don't have to. Great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Let's get to work. All right, guys, thank you for joining us on the Building Great Sales Teens podcast, episode two. So in episode one, we went through the first three tenets of Kodak, which is compensation, operations, and development. In this episode, we're going to get into opportunity and culture. So let's get right to it and let's get building. All right. So let's talk about my wheelhouse. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about what's made me successful. Yep. yep. Right. And I would say that, you know, if we were to split up the companies into two pieces, one is sales and one is operations that I would head the operations piece and you would head the sales piece, right? All day long. All day long. That's what we love doing, right? And so operations is the fourth letter of Kodak. It's the second O in Kodak. And again, getting back to it. Now, this is not sales facing, right? But- it is, it is in a sense, right? The, when we talked about orientation and doing that initial training, this is operations is a piece of those systems, right? And how all the systems work together to support the sales team. And so is it in writing? And then is your product offering simple and does it have a low and a high option, right? So I recently did some consulting for a uh, credit repair company, right? Yeah. And these guys are national. I mean, it's an amazing company. They're doing massive, massive numbers. Right. And their salespeople are burnt out because they're doing so much volume. And so what happens when you do that is, you know, your, your guys are going to make six figures. You know what I'm saying? But they are on the phone all day signing up people for credit repair. You know what I'm saying? And so you've got guys that are closing you know, 70, 80% of everything that comes across their desk. Right. And then you've got, you know, guys that are new, maybe there for six months and they're closing, you know, 50, 60%, right. You've got to have an opportunity for the guys that are closing at a higher rate, more experience, been there longer, you know what I'm saying? Proven themselves to make more commission in less time. Right. So that that's where the high and low option come from. You know what I mean? And you know, like in solar, it takes care of itself, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got systems that are five kilowatts. You've got systems that are 10. You sold a system that was what, 24 kilowatts? Uh, yeah, it was 24. Yeah. A hundred and one twenty-three, $123,000 solar system. Still the biggest solar cell that we've had to date, right? Right. Awesome. So you got to have a, a lot, uh, a low and a high option and understand everything that I'm talking about in operations relates to sales. I'm not talking about, I don't know. I have a sales company, so you guys know operations probably better than I do because all my operations are sales based. Right. So let's talk about the tools. Do they have the right ones? So whenever I first started out, I spent all the money on all the tools. You know what I'm saying? The, uh, canvassing softwares, the uh, Cardone training, that was a good one. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the, the virtual trainings, the uh, guest speakers, the, I mean, our guys had swag to the ears, you know what I mean? 
And so I definitely overcompensated because we were making a crap load of money and I wanted to put it back in the company in the same way that I could put $10,000 into recruiting and get, you know, 50 salespeople on the other side of it. I wanted to be able to do the same thing with all the other tools that we used and it didn't always work out. Right. So you got to be selective about your tools. You got to have the right ones and you got to Those tools have to make the salespeople's job easier and have to enable them to make more money. Right. And so I can get real specific in the tools for commission sales, for telemarketing and all that, but I won't, I I'm guessing we're going to have another episode with another company. That's going to be a lot better for that. So we'll get into that later, but at the end of the day, do they have the right tools to do the job? And typically if they have to, if, if your people are purchasing their own tools, that's when you know you haven't provided them with enough because they're finding solutions on their own. First of all, keep that salesperson because right. they obviously recognized, recognized a problem and now they're going to, they're going to, they're going to solve it. Right. All right. So tell me about fulfillment. Tell me about your uh, frustrations with fulfillment and what can happen if you don't have a good fulfillment process in place. Man, um, lots, you know, that that's the uncontrollable, right? Mm-hmm. In sales, the, the, the worst thing for a salesperson is the things they can't control. If we're in front of a customer, mm-hmm. we have all the control. We can, you know, we can finagle it. You know, we can, um, you, you know, there's juxtapositions, just things we can do, right? Right. To get the sale. But and when it's closed, it's closed. It's done. Right. They, mm-hmm. they, 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 they love it. They're on board. Um, but the fulfillment side is where everything changes because you, you don't have control. Right. You know, on, on AT&T it was technicians. Mm-hmm. You know, the technicians wouldn't show up. They, you know, are they. Yeah. Union they, based, union based technicians. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're like, yeah, we'll be there between, you know, eight and Thursday, <laughs> you know, and it's like, <laughs> what the hell, you know? And, and so you got customers that are frustrated and mm-hmm. it, it just, it just that whole deal. Then commercial was a whole other thing, you know, yeah. with, you know, direct TV and the installer and just, just you know, they got to get, you know, permission from the owner. It was just all this stuff right. that happened in the back. And then dude, solar is a whole other world of fulfillment. Yeah. Um, you know, we made the mistake of going with the wrong EPC in the beginning and mm-hmm. it's still a nightmare. It's been, yeah. Six months. We're still dealing still with still a nightmare. We're still spending um, money on those customers. Yeah. Still spending money on the customers. Still waiting for things to be done. Still trying to, you know, um, not ruin our reputation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's tough, man. And uh, and that's just that. You know, that's why you can have strong owners mm-hmm. and leaders in place that that step up and and you know, I'm on the phone with those customers all the time. Yeah. You know, I'm all I'm I'm touching base with them once a week, once every couple of weeks, and dropping off gift cards and just doing whatever I can to, to try to make it right, man. Yeah. Cause we're at the, that's the thing about the, the, uh, the fulfillment, the, the actual fulfillment side is that we don't have any control. However, mm-hmm. we get a hundred percent of the blame. Yeah. Right. So. Cause you're the one that brought it to him. That's it. And then also, honestly, you, you should burden that, that blame. Hell yeah, you, you should, should throw it on your shoulders and you Hell should yeah. say, you know what? I'm going to do whatever I can do to make this right. And and if I can't make, I'm going to at least make it as comfortable as possible while you're going through this yeah. to make it right. Yeah, absolutely. And so the question with fulfillment is, are your people losing sales in it or do they have the opportunity to lose sales in it? And if they do, then you need to fix that problem in your operations yeah. on the sales side. So you can have high commissions and you can do huge volume all day, 
But at the end of the day, if the product, if the product doesn't get to the customer, what does it matter? That's it. You know, and I, you know, I've, I've dealt with my guys getting recruited away to companies that the product didn't get to the customer for months. You know what I mean? And, and then all of a sudden they were back at my door because they hadn't gotten a paycheck yet. They've been working there three months and the product took forever to get to the customer, had issues, got pushed out, right. you know, whatever the case is. And all of a sudden they're back at my door. Like, Hey, I got to feed my family. Like, this is ridiculous. So you got to make sure that if your fulfillment process takes a long time that you can get money to them up front and that you have a system in place uh, on the operations end that can get that product to the customer so that the deal's done and the commission is earned. Right. All right. So here's, here's another one, right? So the reason that I love subbing out the fulfillment, right? So we, we thought we were going to start an EPC and then we decided, no, we're going to sub this out. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to, we're going to let the pros do this. Amen. The reason I love, I love doing that is because if I have an increase in business, all right, so any, any, any product that you sell, you know, like it's, it's like drop shipping, right? I don't want to be UPS. I don't want to be uh, FedEx. You know what I'm saying? I want to sell the product, punch in the customer's name, address, and a credit card info and send it off. Yep. That's, you know, if, if every fulfillment operation could work like Amazon, we'd be in great shape. You know what I mean? And so if you, if you can, if, if your business is the product, I understand that's your product. You got to fulfill it. You know what I'm saying? But you, you got to make sure that that part is on point or your salespeople are going to lose money and they're not going to stick. Yep, right. Yep. All right. So the question is, can you handle a large increase in business? And the fulfillment partners that we have can handle the large increases. I could, I could sell 20 solar deals tomorrow. You know what I mean? And we typically do anywhere from two to five a week, right? I can sell 20 solar deals tomorrow and they can handle easily. So that's the question that you have to ask yourself. If you five X your business, if you go crazy on recruiting, can you even handle the business that building a great sales team is going to bring you? All right. So a large piece of operations is recruiting. If you're not, if you're not feeding your sales team, new people, one, the culture is going to die. You know what I mean? Because Typically what happens is everybody that comes through your system, no matter how great the system is, it doesn't mean that they're a good fit for it. Right. So you're going to have complaints. You're going to have, you know, what we'd like to call in sales cancers, people that come in and they ruin it for everybody kind of thing. One bad apple spoils the bunch. Right. 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 So let's talk about how important recruiting is. How important is new blood Wayne? It's the lifeblood. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's, it's not only the cancers, but it's also just bringing in new faces, new personalities. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's like a family, right? You know, you, you, uh, your, your brothers or sisters get married and mm -hmm. there's a new family member and they're kind of weird, but you want to get to know them, yeah. you know, you don't want to be a jerk to them. You want to yeah. get to know them. But then that weird, uh, that weird, uh, family member is, you know, also works at Google and yeah. they're super smart and they have all kinds of stuff they can teach you or, um, you well, know, so for the, for the federal government or the, <laughs> the federal government. Yeah, that's, that's true. It's wild. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, 
it's it's vitally important, man. You got to have new people coming in. And I can always tell when recruiting has to come up because it's also a lot like a family that when you don't have that new blood, mm-hmm. you start little, little infighting happens, people yeah. picking on each other. And, you know, because they've been spending too much time together. Just spending too much time. So we got to mix that up, right? <laughs> gotta mix that up. We got to add yeah. some people to it. So, yeah, for sure. Okay. So when we're recruiting, there's there's some things I want you to focus on. I want our listeners to focus on. Yep. Is the position presented presented properly? Are what you are saying in the ad, is it true? Mm. If you're saying you can make a hundred grand, do you have people on your sales team right now that are making a hundred grand? You know what I'm saying? So can you prove that? If not, then don't advertise it. You know what I mean? There's different ways. Once they get in the door and they're interested in the position, you can talk to them about the opportunities and the possibilities, right? Sometimes a hundred grand is a possibility. It's not necessarily a given for the position, right? And there's a reason that when you post an ad, they make you pick an income range because they want you to, 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 to kind of be tied to that. You know, that's the tough part about sales is we want to overpromise because we know that if the right person comes in, they're going to knock it out of the park and they're going to make a hundred grand, right? So is it possible or is it probable? Is it possible or is it probable? Yeah, that's a great, great way to explain it. So is there a referral program? So I, I will tell you right now, with a hundred percent conviction that if one of my salespeople refers someone to our team, a new person to work for us and sell for us, <coughs> that person that they bring on is going to be three times more stickier and more effective than somebody that I recruit organically. Mm-hmm. And that that's just the, the fact of it. Cause by the time that person comes on, they know all about the position. They know about the product and they know about the challenges because their friend or family or whoever re- recruited them has explained all of this to them already. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent. And so uh, next is the recruiting systematized. You know, that you don't recruit 80 people a month without having good systems in place. Right. And so a lot of times you can incentivize your staff on the recruiting end because in order for somebody to show up for an opportunity meeting, typically you have to talk to them. You know, there's email systems, there's messaging systems and stuff, and the people will show up. But if you want the highest conversion rate, get somebody on the phone with them and they're more likely going to show up because the human interaction starts, right? And you can't do that without good systems in place. Yeah. And really the, the top tier best people probably aren't going to show up off of a text or an email. Mm-hmm. It's going to require a phone call. Yeah. You know, it's going to require somebody physically talking to them. Um, the low hanging fruit, um, will happen off of those. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and then now the job market we're in now, I mean, recruiting's mm-hmm. tough because you got people applying to jobs saying they're going to show up for an interview just so they can check that box yeah. off for, for so unemployment or whatever. Right. Exactly. Absolutely. So th- there's some filters that need to be put in place, especially when you're recruiting at a high volume, you know, you want your mission statement and your values to be prevalent in the job ad. And to be something that's talked about before they come in. You want uh, your social media. Your social media is a big one. Whether you know it or not, one of the first things people do when they apply for the position on your sales team is they Google you. And they Google your company. And so you better have, you better be knowing what those results are. And you better be working on those results, whether it's with an SEO company whether it's with a PR company, 
or simply by posting to your social media. Uh, I want you guys to go check out a few pages right now. There's our Gentafield Solutions, uh, and it's uh, Facebook forward slash uh, Team Argenta is the uh, page. And then on Instagram, it's... Uh, I think it's Argenta FS. Yeah, on Instagram, it's Argenta FS. Um, on Facebook, I think it's Team Argenta or Argenta FS. Either way, go check it out. Um, Helios Power is another one. That's our solar brand. Go check that out. I'm very proud of our social media. You know what I mean? And it needs some work like everything else. But uh, our uh, VA, Nika, has done a great job with it. And you'll see a good mix of, you know, culture stuff. You'll see a good mix of people making money. You'll see a, a, a good mix of sales training. You know what I mean? So make sure when these these candidates Google you and they go to your social media that it represents the company and the culture, right? And if you have to, and I'm going to do a phone sites plug here because some of y'all, some of y'all's companies are product-based, right? So if all I had was Helios Power and I was recruiting for my Helios Power sales teams, then when you go to the Helios Power page, it's positioned to customers. It's not positioned to candidates, right? So an easy way to circumvent that is in the job posting, don't put your product website, put your phone sites. And on that phone sites, it's going to contain testimonials from other salespeople. It's going to contain, you know, maybe some uh, positioning to commission structure opportunity. You know, it's going to contain maybe a video of a sales training. It's, it's going to contain things that will incentivize people to come in and learn more about the opportunity, just like you would a product. So phone sites can do that for you as well. All right, guys. Um, onboarding. Onboarding is a big one. You know, if you don't have a digital application by now, I, that's go get it done right now. It's very easy. You can knock that out. You can use companies like HelloSign is is one of the easy ones. I know, um, man, what is uh, Ryan Stuman's digital contract company called? All right, just go to Sales Talks with Sales Pro on Facebook. <laughs> I and, can't remember. And, and, yeah. and Google and search digital contracts and Sales Talks with Sales Pros. I know he's posted it in there and it's it's super cheap and effective. And that's one of the ways that you can do the applications. And here's the beautiful thing. Once they fill out the application, you've got their information now and you can push that into your CRM. You can push that into um, you know, the the uh, employment verification, all that, all that good stuff. So uh, now you're systemizing your, your systems and they don't have to fill out the same freaking form four times like we used to when we got jobs when we were younger. Anyways, is your onboarding systematic and simple? So this is all part of the recruiting machine. Uh, and just to kind of, just to kind of validate this operations piece and the recruiting piece, you know, and again, this is my wheelhouse. So I've been talking most of this time, but can you kind of explain how that's enabled you in terms of the recruiting that's been in place since you've been here at Argenta? The recruiting. Um, so it's kind of interesting for me because I owned a staffing agency, right? So I was a recruiter and a headhunter for, for years before um, I went into door to door. So um, I really appreciate a good recruiting system, like when it all works out. Um, and so what it enables, uh, uh, a good recruiting system enables a sales manager um, or uh, a CSO, a sales leader, basically, to not have to deal with a little 
the little tedious things like, you know, um, oh, can I get a copy of your ID? And I need to get a picture of this. And did you do, did you go to your drug test? And, mm-hmm. you know, did it pass? How did that go? What's the background check look like? I'm not having to do all that tedious stuff. If you have a strong recruiting process, onboarding process, um, and enable operations uh, teams to handle all that stuff for you. I mean, literally, it's like, hey, here's a link. I need you to sign that. And that's going to trigger everything else. Yeah. So you fill out the application. Now you get the you get the uh, independent contractor agreement. Um, then you in that you're going to upload your direct deposit information. You're going to mm-hmm. take a picture of yourself. You're going to take a picture of your ID. You're going to upload all that stuff. Yeah. And then that goes into our back system. Um, and then all they have to do is is you know a, a mouse swab drug test because mm-hmm. you're going to have one on file. And then um, we'll run the background check on the back end. Awesome. So yeah. All right. So let's get into the past, the last piece of the Kodog system, which is culture. Man, we both got a cough left over from, from COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, we've been talking for a couple hours now, so it's starting yeah, to like get it's irritating. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's get into the last piece of the Kodog system culture. Okay. So this is even culture, even the culture needs to be in writing and, you know, it, it's a tough thing to put the culture in writing but they just need to see a visual representation of it. And oftentimes the visual representation of that is a few pictures of people having a good time. So whether it's on your phone site, whether it's in your opportunity meeting, you know what I mean? Or whether it's on your walls, you know, there needs to be a visual uh, visual representation of the culture of your company. And so um, let's talk about the most exciting piece of culture, which is competition. Yeah. Yeah. So have we ever done any competitions before? I mean, always do. We're always competing. I mean, sales is, um, competition brings out the beast in salespeople, right? Mm-hmm. A good salesperson is competitive, right? At, at a whole bunch of different levels, mm-hmm. right? Um, so yeah, I mean, there's, we've done, we do competitions just about every week, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. And you can do ones that don't require money. I mean, you yeah. can do... You know, we have our throwdown Thursdays, you yeah. know, or, you know, so, the, so, so tell us, tell people some of the, the throwdowns that we've done. And, and again, you know, our demographic, typically we hire 20 to 25. Okay. So we get to have a little f- more fun than most sales companies or people that have sales teams, because let's be honest, a lot of you guys are PC, right? And so we get to have a little more fun than you guys do. Um, you know, I have been sued four or five times. So, but. It we, was won. Worth it. we won. We won. We won, and won. it was worth it. <laughs> um, the uh, man, we've done all. So then on Thursdays, just so you guys know, you have two people. Basically, one salesperson calls out another one. It's like I'm, a, I'm going to beat you today, and mm-hmm. you go head to head, and then the loser has consequences, right? Um, and we've done, you know, the pie in the face. Um, we've done, um, man. We've done some weird stuff, man. We've done. Um, wearing a wig at team night, a big mm-hmm. pink wig. Um, we've what about, done, what about you daddies? We've done you daddies. Um, and the way, I, I mean, I can do a whole, I can do, you got to explain the you daddy. I can do a whole podcast on you. So you daddy is, uh, the loser, um, has to reply to the winner with you daddy, mm-hmm. no matter what the question is, Yeah, you know? So, so like, uh, who's the best salesman ever? Yeah, you get it, right? <laughs> See, I, I was, tried. I was born at night, not <laughs> last night. Um, but, and you, you know, you do it at team night. So you're out at a restaurant, you know, you're you're in a, a public environment and mm-hmm. you're like, you know, um, 
Yeah. yeah <laughs> you, you get how that goes. But I mean, there's that. I mean, there's the, the stars and there's Spider-Man. So yeah. There's hot dog straw. That's a, Oh man. That one's wild where you yeah. hollow out a hot dog and they got to drink a okay. drink through the hot dog. So we'll reel it back in here. Yeah. Simply develop. Let's just say you have five salespeople develop a ranking system and make it based on sales volume and quality right? Make it based on very specific metrics and then track those metrics. And if it takes an admin doing it manually once a day, then do that, right? Get that in front of your salespeople and make sure they know who the top dog is, right? And so uh, make sure you also have random competitions, walk in, throw a thousand dollars cash on the table and top, you know, seller today takes this minimum five sales, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Monthly competitions are always solid. So you can do monthly, you can do quarterly, you can do annually, obviously, Uh, but monthly is long enough to where they have something to work towards all month and it increases their paychecks and short enough to where they get that satisfaction, you know, keeps their attention, keeps their attention. Exactly. And so, um, you know, another big one is putting the competitions on social media. You know what I mean? So a while back, and I'll give you an example, a while back, I did a competition with another dealer, another AT&T dealer. And, uh, that was, uh, Ralph Ramon mm-hmm. and he had his company winners network. And I had my company, Argenta Field Solutions, and we were both at t dealers. And so we did a, a head to head competition in San Antonio and the loser got to pie the other company owner in the face. The <laughs> and so, or the, the winner, winner got sorry. To pie the loser. Yeah. The, the, the winner got to pie the, the losing company CEO in the face. And so we posted it on social media. We made a big buzz about it. And man, if my guys didn't fight harder for me not to get, or for Ralph to get pied in the face and not me get pied than they did for themselves, man, that was a, that was a beautiful, beautiful week for sure. Little tear. Little Little tear. tear. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, I, we, we did win that. We did win that. Absolutely. And I I do have that video close to my heart. So But it's, 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 it's fun stuff like that. And it is all in good fun. And you know what I mean? Like if it turns South, then just cut it out. You know what I'm saying? You don't need it. You know, sometimes that happens. People get offended. You know what I mean? But the whole deal is everybody agrees to it. If everybody agrees to it, that's the deal, right? You don't do it. You don't try to force people to do this stuff. It's, it's just for fun. They don't make any more money because of it most of the time. And so, uh, make sure you have a competitive culture that enjoys that, that, that type of stuff. Right. So culture, mission, and values, are they present? Are they present in your onboarding materials? Are they present in your offices? Are they present in your conversations, right? You got to make sure your mission, they, everybody knows your mission statement. Wayne, what's our mission statement? We help each other achieve freedom. Absolutely. And then we could also recite the core values, but we're running out of time here. We're over an hour already. So let's wrap this up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Can you display them? How serious are you about them? And are they present on social media? Make sure that your mission and your values are present. That's part of That's a huge part of your culture. I'll also say it's also a huge, having a true mission statement and true core values is the most important. Because in the past we've had core values, right? They're candy, you know, sugar coated, you know, whatever people say, it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, we got to, you know, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you can't say it cause it's going to be somebody's core value. That I know. And that's why I stopped. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, I better stop. Cause that, that may be somebody else. But my point is, is that don't go, you know, on the internet and Google, what are some good core values? Yeah. Right. No, figure out what it is. It's really important to mm-hmm. you. And, and that's what you need to maintain. Yeah. 
right? You know, um, because it you can't walk the walk if you don't believe the talk, yeah, right? You have absolutely. to believe it. And so uh, Wayne and I developed our core values and we looked at our history. We mm-hmm. said, what, not, not what do we want our core values to be? What are our actual core values? You know what I mean? And one of, one of the big ones is we operate in integrity. And that's been a big one because of the history of door-to-door sales being fly-by-night. You walk into a shady office with a whiteboard and you make a bunch of sales and then you don't get paid on right. time or at all, right? And so it was very important to me from day one that we broke that, that stigma of door-to-door sales. And I, and I feel like we've done that. And because we've done that, we've been here 11 years now, you know? And so that was a big core value of ours. So make sure they're present, make sure they're all over the place, right? Salesmen thrive on a culture of recognition, right? You don't have to baby them necessarily, but you do have to recognize when they exceed their, the, your expectations. So lingo is, is some of the recognition we like to use. Like when we make a sale, it's a boom, right? You know, a TV and internet sales a double, right? Um, you know, a 10 kilowatt or a 20 kilowatt sale is a whale, right? And so um, we double down on that lingo, make sure you're using it throughout the company, you know, we have clubs, we have G club, OG club, you know what I mean? And now we're going to, we're, we're going to have to upgrade our clubs because they're too low. You know, we, we got guys on the MDU side making four to five grand. We got guys or uh, ladies on the solar side making uh four to five grand in a week. So we've got to upgrade our clubs. Eight, nine grand in a week, bro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, so some of the cool things, some of the old school things still work. The big checks. Big checks are great. They love hold it, man. Nothing is better than a sales rep holding, you know, a thousand dollar plus check that they earned in one week when they used to make, you know, three, $400 a week before. Yeah. They make a thousand bucks a month. Right. Exactly. I've had people say that they made more money Mm -hmm. in a week here. I've actually had people legitimately tell they made more money in a week here than they did in, in several months at other places. Exactly. So uh, (laughs) the big checks still work. The pins that they can pin to their lapel are great. Um, Social media is a big one. You know, if you look again, you look at Argenta's social media, you're going to see salespeople profiles. You're going to see big checks. You're going to see recognition on there. And then, um, this is the this is the big one, and and you know what? I'm gonna give some credit here. I'm gonna give some credit to Vivint. Vivint inspired me a couple of years ago, whenever we jumped onto their campaign, and um, we saw all their booklets, their recruiting booklets, and the thing that they talked about most, or the thing that they showed you most, was like their custom Nike shoes that had Vivint logos on. You know what I mean? They're, they're nice uh, throwback hats that had a vivid logo on it. You know, all their stuff was just so freaking cool. You know what I mean? And ever since then, I've been spending so much money on swag. You know, we got uh, Helios Power wristbands and we've got, uh, you know, Brent Skinner over at Brand Makers has helped us with that. We've got a local company here that does some custom stuff for us. So we've been doing hoodies and beanies and hats and polos and pullovers and we're making sure our guys are outfitted and our, M- our MDU team doesn't even go to the field and they've got, you know, pullovers and shirts and all that kind of stuff too. You know, it's, it's, it's making them feel like that they're part of something bigger, you know? And Wayne, you've got a, you've got a pretty good idea for us 
to uh, incorporate some of our swag into the marketplace, huh? Yeah, man. What I want to do is, you know, our core values, I, I believe in them so much. And, um, and honestly, you know, I was, uh, you know, it, it actually came from church, right? Yeah. Um, so the, the church I attend, we, uh, our worship team has put out a song. It's been, it's on iTunes now. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of the phrases from that, that song, they're putting on shirts, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, yeah, my idea is to take our core values you know, uh, we operate in integrity and throw it on a shirt. Yeah. Right. Because the, I mean, you know, most people walking around operate in integrity, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or, or want to, or, want or to they want they to, yeah. right. Exactly. Or, you know, we don't, we don't make excuses. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we put the mission first, um, you know, so all those are great. We work hard and we pray hard, mm-hmm. you know, that and that's, that's shirt material. That's great. Yeah. T-shirt promotional material. And yeah. so, you know, it gets, you know, you put our brand in the back, you know, the mm-hmm. back uh, below the neck or whatever. And, yeah. you know, it just, but more than anything, it just gets people, all of our core values. What I love about our core values is they're all real positive. I mean, they're, yeah. you know, positive life messages, not just business messages. Right. Right. That, um, that are super applicable to, to all areas of life. So yeah, absolutely. So swag is a huge piece of your culture. And so guys, when you're building great sales teams, the Kodak tenants are simply a roadmap in order to remind you, Hey, you need to be doing these things, right? Cause this is something that, that just it's, it's 11 years of experience in direct sales. And, um, it, you know, whenever I decided that I was going to get into consulting and that was the, the end game for me, you know, and, and, and it happened so quickly because the opportunity came up to do a consulting gig and I didn't get paid for it. I actually paid to be on the plane to go to that consulting gig. And I ended up being in it and doing a training in it. And I was just like lit on fire. I loved it. You know what I mean? Cause I didn't realize that I had accrued all this knowledge over the last 11 years and it was all systematized and laid out. I just didn't have it in writing yet. So simple one sheet right here. Right. And so, Oh look, a one cheater. Yeah. Oh look, a one cheater. <laughs> and so, that's, that's basically what this is guys. And so the next episodes are going to be full of guests that are beginning their great sales team journey or already have a great sales team. And we want to learn from them. Right. And so, um, and I'm going to be checking these tenants and adding to them and taking away from them and, 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 and honing in on them. And and then eventually, uh, I'm going to write a book about building great sales teams, you know, based on the podcast and based on the case studies that we've done at all these different companies and everything. So I'm looking forward to that guys. I want to thank everyone that has listened to this podcast so much. And if you listen to the whole thing, you know, we're at an hour and nine minutes. You are a trooper. Man, I already appreciate you. Yeah. I already appreciate you so much, but hopefully you listened to it in pieces and didn't, we didn't bore you to death too much, but don't no hate mail. (laughs) <laughs> this is all stuff that uh, that if you have a sales team or want to build a sales team, you can apply like tomorrow. You know yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. And I'm super excited, guys, because I just I'm having conversations every day. I had one a couple of hours ago with uh, another company that they they want to build out a appointment setting team, oh, nice. uh, but it's a call center. Oh, cool. Right. And so I had an hour and 10 minute conversation with them and it's it's this same type of stuff and people need to hear it. This is information that needs to be spread. And I've decided that I'm going to be the person to spread it. So 
Um, again, thank you for, uh, joining us on this podcast. Uh, you know, and I'm going to steal, uh, some Andy Frisella here real quick and, uh, please pay the fee. The fee is leave a review, share, share the podcast, share this with somebody else, have them listen to it. You know what I mean? I would love for a salesperson to send this to their sales manager. (laughs) That would be, that would be pretty bold, right? Bold move, Cotton. (laughs) It's a bold move, Cotton. All right, guys. I hope everybody has a great rest of their week and reach out to me on the DMs. If you need anything, I would love to help. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you for joining us on the Building Great Sales Teens podcast. If you got any value out of the episode today, please share or like. I hope you guys have a great day. And as always, let's get building. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. Be sure to appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get notifications as new episodes become available. Remember, great sales teams are not recruited. They are built block by block. Until next time.